All right, everybody. I'm here today with Dr. Trevor Grice. I pronounced that right? Yeah. Good, good, good. Um, so he is a clinical psychologist that offered to be on the show. We've obviously been doing uh, a series now, interviewing different people within the hobby that have different career uh, paths. Um, so far, we interviewed a chef. We interviewed a financial analyst, so to speak, and now Trevor is the third in the series, and he is a clinical psychologist. So Trevor, if you could introduce yourself, uh, tell us a little bit about your background in the hobby, and then we'll get into your profession. Yeah, so um, like you said, uh, clinical psychologist, so you know, as much as you would imagine with that, I've, I've pretty much done that. I've been in the... Um, I see, I, I essentially graduated with my doctorate in uh, 2007. So I uh, worked in community and you know, doing therapy with people, um, group therapy, couples therapy. I've worked in colleges and universities, uh, actually spent a year in training in a prison at one point, um, worked in jails, and currently work in a hospital setting, uh, working on uh, health behavior. So uh, that's been probably my favorite job because I'm working with individuals that want to change. So we're, we're motivated. They're very motivated. And it, like, whenever you can work with somebody that's motivated, it's, it's ideal. Um, I reached out to you because, uh, past couple of years, I've been back in the hobby and, uh, you know, got the taste back. I, <laughs> I like to say my kid got some cards for Christmas and we opened them and I had such a blast that I was out combing the retail stores for, this was a Christmas of 2017. So I was buying some 2017 tops update looking for judge and Bellinger and um, I've been back in sent. And uh, cause I, when I started, it was uh, eight years old, 1986 Christmas, uh, the old borders up on the top, uh, 1986 tops. And uh, then got the tops traded that I'm pretty sure I sold at a garage sale and got rid of my Jack, my Bo Jackson and my Barry Bonds and, rookies that are in there but uh, I can guarantee you that they were probably PSA4s because I yeah. looked at them all the time you know every, so every I mean, kid's collection growing up is just I have some cards that I'm like oh this is actually kind of nice you know Ben Roethlisberger rookie card and it's thin cornered dent in the card I'm like oh sweet so I understand that yeah yeah, in fact, I got some, you know, I got a Tony Gwynn rookie here in a, from 83 Tops that I found uh, from a relative. They gave me a box of cards, and I've had it ever since, and I, I was excited to pull it out, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's going to stay in the top loader, and it'll be just a conversation piece, because that's about all that it is, you know, yep. but him and Wade Boggs and Ryan Sandberg from that set, but um, what I noticed right away is I, I went right back into collection mode, and I started building sets and paying for all those inserts, which is a much bigger game now than it was back then when there were no inserts, you know, and trying to, you know, complete, say in last year, it's like, oh, we got to get the, in 2019, we got to do the Icon series and the Greatness Return series and all that. And most of my money was going to that. And I kind of backed off that and said, like, I want to be the person, I don't want to be the person buying that stuff. I, nothing wrong with collecting. I, I love it, but I want to be the person maybe making money off of that a little bit as like a side hustle. And so uh, I've been trying to transition into that now from in the hobby, but uh, still professional psychologist. And, and my brother's gotten into it lately and he and I have been doing a lot of talking. And one of the reasons I reached out to you is because like, I think 
understanding people is really interesting and making money in this. And a lot of stuff that we're starting to see, especially with what, what's happened with the virus is, you know, and other people are talking about two other, other podcasters and other people in the industry, but it's just really interesting to see. And then to start trying to predict, okay, where could it go? Right. I mean, what, what do we know about people and what can we predict or have a decent idea of what might be next? Cause that might be where you can get in early and make money. Right. So, yep. um, so that's kind of why I reached out because uh, if there's one thing I tend to know, it's people's behavior. That's what I'm supposed to be an expert on. Right. Yeah. I'm always learning with it, but um, it's something I've always been fascinated with is just trying to learn people's behaviors and trends, you know, so. Well, so uh, just recently, you know, you're watching, and this will be a question later, but we'll bring it up right now is that you're watching the uh, best, of the best from, previous basketball and football and like 2012 prison football. Drew Brees is going up. Tom Brady's going up. You know, everyone's going up. Uh, 2012 prison baseball is the first year of that. Mike Trout's going up. The Shacks of the world are going up in price and David Robinson and Allen Iverson, all those guys. And so then you're like, okay, where's this trend going? Well, then you can be like, um, you know, I know some guys that were buying 2014. Teen prism soccer i believe was the first year and they're like well if this prism stuff's going up this prism stuff's probably going to go up in a little bit so they're buying all the cristiano ronaldo's and the lionel messi's they can find mm -hmm. and then you know tiger woods best the best that's going up now you try to move on down the line and you're like what's next is it going to be tennis should we be buying roger federer and serena williams um i don't know is it going to be boxing should we be buying like floyd mayweather but eventually all of these sports, the mega stars from the childhoods are going to be going up. And that's one trend that's going on right now. Um, well, as long as the industry goes up, right. And yeah. there's a lot of question about that. Right. And I think what we're seeing is it should have gone down. Like all signs point to the fact that it should have gone down and yeah, it did yeah. for a little bit with COVID-19. Yeah. Yeah. And because particularly with baseball, which is what I follow mostly. I, I look a little into basketball, but mostly baseball. I mean, you know, we're talking, you know, $200 PSA 10 Acunas and, you know, we're almost $2,000 bat downs. And then it just falls, right? It just collapses and it goes tumbling. And at that time you're talking, I don't even know what the prices were on the Lucas and the, and the Zions at that time, but they were sky high and they fall. And you expected that with what was happening with everybody being home. And yet what's happened is, is it's creeping back up like at a pretty interesting pace when in, in some theory, cases people are making up. money and some of they're all the way back up. Like I think Soto is almost all the way back up to where he was previous. And, and the question is why now I have some ideas as to why, but um, because the people that are collecting aren't, aren't actually the ones being hit by this, you know, the, the, the 41 year old psychologists of the world, I'm still going to work. Right. And, mm -hmm. um, and I'm extremely thankful for that which means that I am now stuck at home bored looking at eBay, you know what I mean? So, or, or, or thinking about this. And so who's hit, you know, does the stimulus make a difference? It might, I mean, the yeah. stimulus tax time, does that make a difference? Yeah. I mean, tax time too. So are we, you know, and I think somebody mentioned that one of the other podcasters mentioned the other day, it's just, is that, is, are we just in an interesting time because people are flush with money? What's going to happen in August? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, what's interesting is that, you know, obviously you just talked about it. Nobody was expecting the card market to boost back up again. 
And so is it just a select group of people with a bunch of cash that are keeping prices high? If so, what's going to happen when all of the people that work at your, um, I was going to say McDonald's, but that's not a good, your Eddie Bowers, right? Or your Kohl's or, you know, any place like that, that had to shut down because it's not essential, but they like collecting cards with their, uh, with whatever extra money they have. What happens when all those people get back to work and they get their money in their hands and is it just going to, are we going to see another boost? I guess is what I'm wondering. I think, I mean, just based upon, you know, I always go on feelings, right? Gut feeling stuff. I, Cause you know, for everybody out there, like that's a meaningful thing, like to a degree. And when you said that it's something just triggered. I was like, Holy crap. I didn't even think about that. Right. So I think you're right. Once things settle out and I'm not saying like as soon as everybody goes back to work, but once it gets leveled off and people kind of caught up on their bills, maybe three months later, you know, maybe in October as we're getting in the holiday season, Probably. I mean, retail may go through the roof again. As soon as basketball starting to come out, we might have another basketball craze, even though, you know, we never did get to finish the NCAA season. That doesn't mean you don't know who was hot and who is going to be exciting. So I think I, I don't see it going down because of who got in the market. Right. And yes. so a lot of people have been talking about the gamblers getting in. And my brother and I had that conversation today. Well, I'm sorry, but cards is gambling. Like mm -hmm. if you go buy a retail pack, you are, you know, here, I don't know about in Wisconsin, but in Michigan, we got scratch offs, right? You go to the yes. store, you can buy a $5 scratch off and hope what you can get, right? It's no different from that, except that you end up with something, right? So I'll end up with pack cards. I mean, this isn't a pack of cards. These are my unusable home run challenge cards that I can't use because I kept them in oh, here, up here. But if you end up with a pack of cards, you have this, even if nobody was good in it, you still have intangible. Yep. Whereas a scratch off ticket is useless. So, you, so you're gambling, but you still get something out of it. And um, I can honestly say from the psychological component, that was what kept me buying retail a lot was, oh, I'm going to catch this. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. You know, and like, I'll open up now a 2020 hanger box from my uh, from Walmart and so that's 11 bucks and I open it up and I'm excited if I get a Lux or a Bichette in there yeah one base rookie one base rookie and I'm excited about it and granted they could end up being better but it's a three dollar card yeah so I'm excited for a three dollar card but I dropped 11 right so um, that's the one side of how cards is gambling but there is no sports right so people with that those guys that would you know, fund the gambling and they got to put it somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I really do think that that is a lot of what we're, we're seeing here is these people that are cash rich and waiting for seasons to go. Cause it was, you know, on that day, you know, on that day with the Utah jazz, it sports dropped dead. Right. I mean, yep. there'd probably be a song written about it. Just like American pie was, you know, written about the day the music died. You know, it's like, it, like the day the sports died. And if, somebody writes that song just give me like five percent credit right that for the idea that's all i need <laughs> all right give nate, give nate three because he called me up here but i like that too you know it's like yeah okay so there i mean it's just eight percent i mean they can afford that yeah they can afford that but you know there was literally almost no sports that day on and so these people with with the money they had to put it somewhere and then you got gary v coming out talking about cards and he's you know, social media popular and people are hearing him and okay, I'll do that. And 
So I don't know. I, I, I think the industry is going up because the people with money are getting into it because yep. there's not as many other industries to go into. And some of the, some of the conversations we've had, you know, and I can't get into too much of it, but uh, there's people out there that think that it's just, it's, it's here and here's mainstream, right? And we're just about to break through that barrier and uh, go right through it because they think, you know, the name, any name, any, influential celebrity that uh you know sings music rappers uh alternative artists anything like that country singers even you know uh they all enjoy sports for the most part they enjoy uh shoes and clothing and this and that and uh there's an interesting segue from like shoes and sports into basketball cards or baseball cards or football cards that is going to be interesting when the first time that uh I don't know. Luke Bryant talks about a baseball card, you know, some dude in Oklahoma is going to be like, Oh man, Luke Bryant just talked about baseball. Let me, uh, you know, let me look at at these cards type of thing. Right. Yeah. You know, and I'm, a, I, I do like Luke Bryant talked about it and I like the Rangers and, you know, so yeah, I think, yeah. And I, I do like watching, the, I want to get back into cards. Right. And, because I remember when I was a kid and that Luke Bryan ends up being like what my kid was for me, you know, gives him the little taste to get him back into it. Absolutely. Yep. I think, I think Gary's done that for people. You know, I know he's, I know he's really ticked some people off in the industry oh, yeah. and I like to, I like to call those the get off my lawn guys. Right. Hey, I mean, well, uh, <laughs> we've also, Aaron and I have also made some people upset in the industry. So. Oh, okay. Okay. It's, a, it's an elite club, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an elite club. People just do not like, there's a, uh, you know, obviously you will know this very well that people don't like change, right? Change is tough. Well, to so you see this in a lot of other ways and, and, and we're not going to make this political, but you know, there's a reason why an abortion debate will never be solved. There's a reason why party debate will never be solved because they're just ideologically having a different discussion mm-hmm. that can't come together. Um, you know, like uh, just to give you an example with vaccines, you have the anti-vaxxers and the not. The fact of the matter is, is they're arguing about something different. They're arguing about macro population stuff. What's great for the greater good of humankind versus what's great for kid. And it's a completely different argument that you can't actually put together. So here in the industry, now, why was I putting that out there? Because in the industry, you have collectors versus investors. And they're completely, you can't have a, they can't have a conversation. Their methods are completely different. Their motives are completely different. And as someone who's kind of in the middle, I see it. And Gary Vee is out there, and you guys are out there there's money to be made here while enjoying a hobby, you know, and Gary Vee is talking the same thing, right? It's like, look at how beautiful this card is. This is a piece of art. And him saying that was really influential to me because like, it is like, I'm sorry, but like uh, my brother, my brother and I were looking at, at a, at a Bob Gibson rookie the other day. I mean, I think it's a piece of art. It is beautiful. You know, pink background. Um, you know, I think he's a stud anyway, but uh, you know, so I don't know. It's like, but then you got the other ones, other guys, you know, you know, like I like to say the get off my lawn guys who they're not wrong either. They have a respect for the hobby. It's been done this way. All you new people are in here. You're ruining it. You're, and really what's happening is just changing. It's morphing. 
Yep. And whenever things change, especially in an industry, it also, it's almost always for the better. And those guys have so much opportunity because there's going to be so many stupid decisions made by the investors, especially the new people mm -hmm. who can come in and buy stuff at 20 cents on the dollar. The, the steady eddies who've been in this industry for a long time say, I know I'll buy that because I'm willing to play the five to 10 year game on this. Like I have for 40 years yep. because the new people coming into the industry, they're playing the three to six month game. If, and that's if, a whole different if that. game. If that, right. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, some, because some, some people, people are buying the one week game in basketball. Yeah. The week by, especially in basketball, right? All of a sudden someone goes 30, 30 points in back-to-back -back games, their cards up 25% sell, sell. Yep. So it, it's a very akin to uh, daily fantasy leagues. Well, and there's no fantasy there, right? Yeah. So that whole industry is gone. So where did they go? Probably here. Probably here. Right. I mean, because if you're sports, if you're sports nerdy enough like me to do fantasy, like I did it for so many years, then you sure as heck are going to go back, you're going to the cards at least or something because you had them at some point. So I would agree there. Um, it'll be interesting to see at what point, when everything gets back to normal, who stays and who goes. Because, uh, you know, not every, not every person that bought into cards, they might have bought into cards to fill an itch. But then once their main love of daily fantasy or gambling, uh, sports betting is back, uh, it will be interesting to see who jumps ship and who doesn't. Um, yes, sir. Hmm? Oh, no, I was just, uh, I had my phone vibrate. I was just going to say, I, I completely agree. I think, I, you know, some people are going to go right back to gambling. And I think some will 50-50 some will it, right? Because it might still be a more, um, you know, risk. Ri I, if they want to be a little bit more risk averse in their life, they might look at that and say, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do cards because it has a market. You know, there's not a market for, for um for gambling. But the thing is the same information that makes a sports gambler good is the same information that's going to make them good at knowing who to get for cards. Yep. So, um, okay. and you know, my brother and talking today, it, it, if you can then just buy these cards and then go and send them over to somebody who will just put them on for you, like a probe something, then you don't even have to worry about, you don't even have to worry about posting them on eBay. You'll get your 80% back or 90% back or whatever. And you know, it'll be just that thing. And then you're always looking for the big hit. Can I get the super fractor? You know, you know, can I get that 2018 heritage super fractor Otani auto that everybody was hunting for a couple of years ago and wanted to be the one to get, you know? So when it was $50,000 and now it's probably eight, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, you know, he'll, he'll come back and be healthy. And he will, he will. Yeah, I, I, I do. It's interesting that you bring up, you know, the same skill sets that make a gambler good and make a daily fantasy player good makes a sports card investor good. And, you know, for years, uh, Aaron was into cards. I was not, but I give him advice because he knew I knew a lot about baseball. Mm -hmm. And so I'd be like, you know, I'm not buying cards, but if I were to buy cards, I'd buy Forrest Whitley or I'd buy Ronald Acuna. Um, uh, in like 2016, Christian Yelich became my favorite non-brewer. Like it went, it went pretty much Ryan Braun, Christian Yelich. And uh, if I would, if I had been like, oh, I should invest in Christian Yelich because I really like him, you know, 
Uh, I should have. <laughs> I didn't. And then when he got to the Brewers, I have a long-standing tradition of not buying in on my own players because I'm biased towards Brewers, Bucks, Packers, you know, which is really uh, – kicked me in the butt here with the Keston Heras and the Christian Yelichs and the Giannis's of the world where you can get a Giannis rookie for <laughs> two bucks when he came out or 25 cents or whatever it was. And now it's four or 500 bucks non-graded. I'm like, ugh. or the Yelichs where you could have gotten them all day, all day tops update cards, 25 cents. And now you're looking at uh, most recently, they're like $45 non-graded. Um, yeah, I remember for me, it was $4 when I started, when I, when Yelich really started taking off in, um, when he really started taking off at the end of tw- 2018, you know, got real hot and carried the Brewers mm-hmm. to the playoffs. You know, I remember them starting to get posted and, and $4 all day, right? Four, oh. you know, tops update rookies, $4 all day. I remember lots of four of them, four of them for 16 or 15, you know, I mean, yep. Oh, I can't believe I didn't do that. That's, but, but that's this industry, right? I mean, like I told you, I will bring it up now. I, I told you I probably wouldn't, but I, I for whatever reason, love Acuna in terms of where I think he could go. Then I can't afford my dream card of his, which is that standing white jersey tops update SSP. Yeah, you know, it's just can. a be- I, literally it is a beautiful card. But I think I can get in on a bat down and some things fall in line. I end up with 200 bucks and I buy myself a PSA 10 bat down. Right. Well, that's worked out. You know? yeah. So, I mean, when 200 bucks was the most I could, I couldn't even imagine spending that much on a card. Right. I mean, when I'm just getting started in the hobby and I, at this point, I mean, you know, I'm more psychologist than I am hobbyist. I've only spent that much on one other card and it's back the red blue Jersey SP Acuna from update that's out for getting graded right now. So um and that's all that's already over two hundred dollars too right mm-hmm. so um yeah it's it's tough like you're gonna have those stories for every acuna story i have i've got um because for that same bat down i remember saying no on facebook for 20 bucks for that same card and with tor the torres sb together right both of them 40 bucks for both of them. i got them both for 40 bucks oh so oh but that's you know how, we're going to have millions of those stories. That's what this is. Just, yeah. That's what the and high is about. Right? I mean, Aaron, Aaron was starting to invest in uh, soccer. Ooh, I might've lost here a little bit. Oh, there you are. All right. So Aaron was starting to invest in soccer cards, Killian Mbappe and Jordan San, Sancho, something like that. I don't know. I don't know anything about soccer. And he's like, dude, Nathan, you should get in on this. I said, no, that's stupid. I ain't investing in soccer cards. I hate soccer. Why would I ever put my money in that? Well, uh, one card of Jordan Sancho that he bought for three bucks is now like a $200 card. Like three months later. Um, one of the cards he put $30 into and graded for 50 came out back a BGS 10 and a PSA 10 just sold for $1,100. And he's into it for 80 and he's got a BGS 10. And so there's always... You know, that's, those are my stories where I'm like, why didn't I invest in Yelich? I really liked him. Why didn't I invest in Kesson here? I really liked him. Why didn't I invest in Giannis? I really liked him. But, you know, I have my reasoning and because for all those guys, you end up investing in your Orlando Arcias of the world who are terrible and you lose a ton of money. But then I'm like, all of these soccer cards. And the only reason I didn't do it was because I don't like the sport. I'm just like, yeah. Oh. And, and that, but at the same time, you can't, 
you can't be an expert in all the other sports either, yeah. right? I mean, you've got to be good at what you're good at. And that's why I, I, I'm slowly learning the basketball market, but I don't think, but I, I don't want to sacrifice my knowledge of the baseball market for it, yeah. at it. When I'm not going into football, it, um, I just, to me, it's too volatile. Um, you know, I think football card buyers are, I, mean, I, I might offend people and I apologize if I do, but I mean, football, football card buyers are a lot like football fans, right? They're just so passionate and then it just falls off. So if you if your timing is not right in football, you take a heavy hit Yep. because the players, they don't even have guaranteed contracts, right? Yep. I mean, if, Except for Kirk um, <laughs> if, if Garrett Cole blows out his elbow he's still gonna be with the yankees for nine years i know that he's not gonna lose his job if um if matthew stafford blows out his knee and he doesn't look like he can come back and the lions have a different viable option which i'm pretty sure they don't but <laughs> they you know, but like the packers what happens if rogers busts his knee right they just drafted his replacement right yep. so i know it's a big deal but like from an organization, you understand that, but we're talking about one of the best quarterbacks of the past 25 years. And if he hurts his knee, he could be on the trash heat and now loves the starting quarterback. So that's football. And that's, that's just so risky from the card industry. For me, and right. Um, guys that look like, like, you know, I like guys that are athletic. I like Lamar Jackson. I like Josh Allen last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they have they have a baseline of being able to run the ball that should prop them up nicely. Where even if they're not overly accurate um, or throw a ton of picks, they'll still get a bunch of yards with their feet and get some touchdowns, make their baseline look better. And I didn't think they would be you know take that big of a drop. They might not go up very much. I didn't see. I liked them. I didn't see Lamar Jackson. Nobody did. Um, right. And so those are the type of guys that I like really like. And, you know, the Jordan loves of the world and the Tua's of the world uh, will kind of fit that mold, but Tua won't be cheap coming out. Um, And uh, as I'm talking, I, I had a point, (laughs) but But I lost it. But I see, you know, you know, does it make sense to go get, you know, some, you know, base optic rookies of Lamar Jackson just to hold them because you liked them in college. Sure. But I'm talking about, you know, your, you know, four five, seven hundred $700 RPAs types, you know, yeah. and investing in on those that could literally be $5 later, you know, if, yep. so like, I'm not against gambling in the industry, but gamble where it, if I was going to gamble in football, it might be on, you know, Hey, you know, here's a, I'm trying to think of somebody, well, say love in, for instance, you know, I, just because we were talking about them, um, you know, because you're right, two is going to be, two is going to be expensive. And um, obviously Joe Burrow is going to be expensive even for base rookies. But uh, well, uh, let's, let's quickly transition to like actually a Bowman draft, right? So those cards come out and you can go buy some of these things. And sure, I would love an Adley Rushman auto, but that comes out at boom, 120, if not more, for just a base auto. And, but I can go buy seven of his base chromes for seven bucks a piece. So do I want to go in on four, do you you know, ungraded, right? Raw. So, um, and then I go pick up some Riley Green and get his for a dollar, you know, and as a Tigers fan, and everybody knows Riley Green now, but at the time it was 
it was a little sneaky. I got it and you know, a little bit of Hunter Bishop and a little bit of, and you just put them away because, you know, I'm not, I, I have another, this isn't my job, right? So I have, mm-hmm. I have a paycheck coming in, but you know what? Adley makes it in. Maybe Adley gets called up this year, right? And we'll get to talking about what could happen this year. If Adley comes up this year, that raw, that's a $15 card. I go get it graded. It's a $50 card yep. and it only costs me seven. And then granted his, his plus, autos plus go up at the same fee. rate. Plus grading fee. Yeah. So, I mean, his autos will go up too, but it's risk. But you're not, right? taking, it's a huge, risk. You're not taking a huge risk. Way easier to buy. I'm not taking. I'm out. Twenty-three dollar guys, and the lowest he's going to go is a buck, instead of buying. And so you're still getting, you know, a thirty year money back. Whereas if you buy a hundred twenty dollar guy for a base auto, there's possibility that that base auto could become five dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. So there's it's it's risk and reward. Also, uh, you can only sell once with your one hundred twenty dollar card or you can sell 10 of your $3 cards, you know, at one time and 10 another time and maybe hold on to 10 and, and see if you can make any, a little bit more money. And if you lose out, you're not worried about it because you've already made your money. So. Yeah. Yeah. You do the cost averaging, right? I mean, which, which they tell you with almost anything. Like, so yeah, you, let's say you buy for, you spend a hundred dollars on Bo Bichette rookies and you get them for roughly about $3 a piece, $3 and change are shipped here and you got 30 of them. Well, then we start playing in July. Bo gets hot, even though he's already been a decent enough player for the Blue Jays, but he starts going up and now you, you got him for five. You sell 10 of them for five bucks and you make some of your money back. You still got 20, right? You wait to the end of the year and you maybe sent five off to get graded, five of the better looking ones. You get to the end of the year and he's, he's leading the team to maybe the playoffs. Boom, $10. You sell them then, you still got 10. You got your five best one out for grading. You still got five in hand. And then you're like, I'm putting these away in case he turns into the next Mike Trout and this rookie yeah. card is a thousand dollars, right? At that point it's free cards, right? Yeah. It's free cards. You already got your money back, right? So um, that's that cost average aspect that you can do with a hundred dollars when you have 30 units versus mm-hmm. one unit of his base auto. Uh, it's just a different way of looking at it. It's a different way of gambling. Um, a little bit more but- work. You got and list. more work. Yeah, definitely more work and more tracking, right? You got to know where they are. You got to know how much you paid for them. But yeah. um, everybody's got their different way of, of investing and collecting. And I think, you know, I don't have anything against the people that are going to go out and, and get those base autos and get that one really nice card above a shed. I don't have any problem with that. It's, just, it's probably not my way. So yeah. I, you know, and I, I've, I've seen both. I have uh, told people to buy, um, or suggested, anyways, uh, to buy. Uh, why can I not think of his name? So, uh, Josiah Gray, when he was traded to the Dodgers, he was a three dollar auto, and I was like, I'd, I'd buy this guy. And here's the reasons why: bang, bang, bang. Mm-hmm. And uh, mid season last year, he was up to twenty six bucks. So if you bought a lot of those, but on the other end of the spectrum, I'm like, hey, you know. Uh, uh, Julio Rodriguez is $120. I love this guy. I know it's 120 bucks, but if you've got it, I'd buy it right now. And he gets up to 200. And I said, Hey, I still love this guy. I'd buy it at 200. I think it's a $400 card. Um, and then it gets up to like 330. I'm like, all right, now I'm, now I'm pausing. I still think it's a $400 card, but 330, you're only giving yourself, uh, a frack, a fifth or whatever of the, of the, uh, profits. Just I mean, under a fifth, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and so a twenty percent uh, chance of going up. Yeah. Yeah. So at that point, I'm like, well, I wouldn't buy it now. I still think it's a five four hundred dollar card, but I think you can spend that three hundred thirty dollars and do better than making a fifth back as profit or whatever. Um, and so I can see both ends of the spectrum. Like you would have done if you'd have taken one hundred twenty dollars and put it into uh, Josiah Gray's at three dollars a card. You know, you're sitting on forty. You sell them. Say you only sell them for twenty dollars. You're sitting on eight hundred bucks. Right. You take the one twenty and you uh, buy Julio Rodriguez, and you're potentially sitting on four hundred in a year. But yeah. it's also you know safer, less work. Yeah, it, 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 and that is an important thing, how much work you want to put into it, right? If you're just sitting down one day on the weekend to look into this, then then maybe you go the Julio Rodriguez route, right? Yep. But if you're if you're down in the basement in your little cubby that I was able to carve out for myself right here, um, and you like to be here five days a week, you know, looking at stuff, then you might go the other way, right? So, yep. Yeah, it all, it all depends on time because, you know, Josiah Gray was about $26 for you know, 25, $26 range. I think, I think 26 was the top of the range that I saw. It may, may have gone a little bit higher, but he was around 20, 25 for a good, like couple weeks. You know, if you're just buying and holding, you might miss that. Whereas mm-hmm. if you bought Julio Rodriguez and held, you've been steadily climbing and you're, you're good to go. Um, but if you've got enough time to look every night um, or shameless plug, follow our, uh, follow our email <laughs> list. And then you'll right. see the prices every single day. Uh, and you've got 20 minutes in the morning while you're sitting in the office wishing you didn't have to do your work and you're looking at your phone and you're checking your email, then you can follow that, right? Um, but if you don't have the time, then definitely the Julio Rodriguez's of the world or the Mike Trout tops update cards of the world is the way to go. Yeah. Yep. Um, so Trevor, we got there was a couple points we've actually done a really good, you've, you've done a really good job of bringing up stuff without me having to like ask questions, which is nice. Um, we covered a little bit of gambling. We covered old versus new collector debate. Uh, yeah. There. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about trends we're seeing. So right now, obviously, and within the last year, you're looking at top series two, obviously iconic class, Eloy, Vlad. Fernando Tatis, Pete Alonso, iconic class, um, all that stuff sold out instantly. Tops update follows it up and sells out instantly. Um, you can't find Tops update pretty much anywhere in stores. And if you find it in hobby shops, it's probably for $125 now instead of the $75, $80 it was when it came out. Um, you've got Prism that's been uh, a rocket ship to the moon the last two years with Luca and Zion. And it'll be interesting coming up this year because the draft class is much weaker. It's got some talent, but it doesn't have the top end talent of the Zions or the Lucas with the Trey Youngs. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there, but you have all of these products that are just taking off. So my question is, and for you, since you study humans for a living, um, do you think that there will be a correlation between like what is hot now and new collectors in the hobby. And therefore it will always be hot because they'll always have that little bit of nostalgia to it. Like mm-hmm. we're seeing the nineties uh, Jordans inserts and stuff and shack inserts and going up because there's nostalgia there. Do you think 
that will always keep Prism as king um, and the Topps flagship series as king? Or do you think down the line we could see a Topps Chrome uh, take back over for Topps, uh, you know, series two update, series one, or, um, you know, something like a Select, which we talked about a little bit before the thing where we both really like the design of Select much more than Prism. So I guess, you know, a very long-winded question. Do you think that the nostalgia to these new collectors and what is hot right now will keep them going up in the future? Or do you think there could be a shift? So, yeah. So I think if you're talking about who's in the industry now, like these, these patterns are being ingrained in us, right? So, um, so part of the reason that we're talking about this is because I have thought about this, especially when you compare prism versus optic versus select in the photography and you know i've heard plenty of people talk about how select is so much has so much better photography they're just flat out better looking cards too in a lot of ways and then you start looking at all the print issues that prism had because they were trying to pop it right out and um horrible centering and all that stuff but um for the you and the me and the people getting in the industry right now i don't think it'll ever change that prism will be king for them the question is, is the next round of people that come in 10 years from now, and they come in and they say, oh, you know who's hot? You know, that, that Zion, he's hot. You know, remember he had, he had I'm gonna go back and look at his cards, and they're gonna be, okay, so this, this Prism Silver is here, and this is how much it is, and well, here's a Select Silver. Well, I, this one looks better, I want this one, right? I mean, like, I, they won't have those patterns per se. And so then do you, are you then able to, will there be an uptick in say those cards? Cause think about right now with Jordan, like there are $2 cards for the past 30 years selling for 50 and a hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. And it isn't because anything changed with them, except that people started looking at them as beautiful cards. And there's that kind of gets into that whole art argument um for those people that watch some of the gary v he talked about that and i don't want to spend too much time talking about him but there's something there about that when you're getting in new what looks good right what because if you don't have an affiliation to something mm -hmm. like so 10 years from now i'll be looking at prisms even if i know so good because i just will always have in my head prism cost prisms better prisms going to get me more bang for the buck but the new person, like maybe my kid, when he gets his first job, um, or one of my sons anyway, when he gets his first job and he gets his first paycheck and he wants to get in there, he's like, I'm going to go buy a Zion. He's my favorite basketball player, has been for 10 years. He goes and gets this because it looks better. So I don't know. I mean, that's a, because when you don't have an affiliation, you do go with what looks better. And so, you know, you start looking back at, you know, other sets. I mean, no one's ever going to say that 90s Donruss looks good. So it's going to always be wax junk, right? Mm -hmm. And so the Griffies in that seat in that year, the 90 Griffies are still almost worthless. I think you can buy a PSA 10 for like almost five bucks, almost uh, maybe 10 most. The grading it, price. It's not even worth the grading price. And yet of that same year with better photography, the upper deck is 1520. The, you know, I mean, the 90 tops is just kind of a unique card. It, it I think just people like that because tops has always just been one of those standards, right? But that's, that's where upper deck changed it, right? They used interesting photography. And so those cards are 
in the early years, even though they were mass produced, are trending. And, you know, like you can go on to some places and you can't find a, you can't find a Kurt Gibson numbered 666 for sale. And it, what it is, is it's him going around in, around uh, first base with his arm up after he hits the home run. It's like a, it's a celebratory card. But why is that card gone? Like, why when I go to look for that card, is it gone? Well, it's people like me that watch that, that want that memory of that card and they went and spent 25, because it's a good photography card. It mm -hmm. was just a card they put in because it was an epic moment. And so there are people buying these cards of epic moments too. And we're starting to see that as, as a trend because um, I was going to go buy like 10 of them just to, to have them because Gibson is a former Tiger. You know I mean? He led us to the 84 World Series. That was like right when I started following. And, you know, he's, a, you know, he's still, he's one of our announcers for the Tigers. And so, you know, Gibby's, Gibby's one of our guys. But uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think we're always going to be stuck in what we know. Uh, and I think we can move. I think we can change. Like I'm yeah. not actually a huge prism. If, if you gave me money to buy prism or select, I probably would buy select. I was doing basketball. Um, but then, you know, it's like you look at, you look at baseball, you know, tops flagship has really been strong lately in having this following and you can make the argument. It's not the best. They don't always use the best photography. They use good ones, but they're, I mean, the best baseball photography kind of right now, a stadium club, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, that's their crowning achievement and yet stadium club is still a niche product for yeah. some just nobody you know? nobody cares nobody cares so uh, but will that be the case 20 years from now yeah. with when you're when you're trying to pick up uh a Beau Bichette and you're like whoa look at this stadium club Beau Bichette it's way better than him just standing thrown over to thir first base or whatever his base rookie is in 20 series one right so I don't know also I, I, I don't think things are going to go ahead 2020 is just an ugly design. Uh, really hard yeah. to see the parallels on the stuff. Um, golds don't pop. Blacks don't pop. Uh, there's just, you know, even the stars and stripes, it's just a little banner on the side, which doesn't look great compared to last year where it's right. all the way around the mm -hmm. edges on like a J or an L or whatever. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and even then when those first came out, people were kind of iffy about it and, you know, you, you got a lot of us old guys on a full border, right? So it can show all that. So it will pop, you know, and that's where those full border cards come in. And yep. so, yeah, I mean, I think the trends are, you know, what I think is even a more interesting trend is, is like the trend with why, why is a fifth, why is an out of 50 card not the same as another out of 50 card in the same set, you know, in particular with Bowman, Bowman Golds. You know, that, that one to me as a uh, new person is really ridiculous, but it's true. I know it's true. For a little reference, for those of you that are listening, if you, if you just collect tops or you collect basketball or anything, uh, Bowman every year will have um, a red out of five and a red wave, a red shimmer out of five. And they'll have a gold out of uh, 50 and a gold wave or a gold shimmer out of 50. And it will be blue. Blue will have a... Uh, wave and a shimmer but also a regular out of 150 and they do it for green sometimes and they'll do it for orange sometimes um and yet uh, the like blue the blue generally the base blue the regular solid blue sells for more i'm talking into my mic over here like an idiot yeah. <laughs> looking at the 
instead of looking at the screen. Uh, the base blue will sell for more than a green, even though green's out of 99, but the blue wave out of 150 will most of the time sell for around a purple out of 250, maybe even a little less. Um, so that is what Trevor is talking about here. Anyways, continue Trevor. Yeah, so, so Filmington just did an episode on this and he referenced you guys and all the work that you've done with that and showing the graphs because um, he's using some, some, um, some equations that he's developing and he showed what you guys have done in the past and showing those different ratios of pay of what it means. And it's really, it was really interesting to watch that because I've had the, that thought like, like I know that it's true and it's just ridiculous, right? But, I, and I understand that it's, I, I really take it as, a, it's the outpouring of the get off my lawn crew. Like, oh, you're gonna charge me more for eggs. I'm not gonna go to your restaurant anymore. I'm gonna go down the road. I'm gonna get my breakfast down at Claire instead of John's drive-in or whatever. You know, like, like something my dad would do, you know, and I love my dad, but he does that, <laughs> right? I mean, he, he does that. It's like, you know, I got bad service there. We, I say, hey, let's go, let's go here. No, we can't go there. We can't go there. Uh, there I got you bad never, service. Never once. give it a second shot. Yeah, you've eaten there 800 times. I know, but, <laughs> and so I understand that Bowman is trying to make money. So they're adding these other parallels because they finally got smart to realize that the card industry, and I think they've been smart for a while, that numbered is always going to hold value and will actually offset any overproduction. Who cares if they make thousands, you know, what's the estimate? 40% more production in tops 2020 series one this year than last year's 20. 19 series one but there's still only 2020 golds mm -hmm. right? there's still only that many in still the base 67 set. black and 76 yep stars and stripes and 50 pink and 50 blue and so so that stays the same so the value for collectors can still be static whereas you know and then base rookies have their own type of value which is based upon numbers but it's more or less their graded value but and it's so also very interesting, is, very interesting right. right now is that the base rookies, obviously we're seeing a boom and there's a lot of people that just do not care about pop reports at all. They do right. not care if there's uh, 10,000 PSA 10 Ronald Acunas, they're still buying. And I think I have a theory that it's because it's the closest thing you can get to like, you know, uh, stocks on a stock market because people like to compare. Yep. the stock market to cards and it's not the same thing and it's not you can't just go online and be like execute this trade of a thousand shares of ford and get your money instantly um you know and it sells yep. instantly you have to put it on ebay but you know it's really easy to find base cards of a guy any guy no matter who it is there's always going to be a ton of for sale and a ton you can buy and a ton you can sell um and i think that might have a little bit of an effect on why we're seeing base cards spike is because it's so easy to get in and get out of. I could be wrong. Well, and I, yeah, because I think that's how a lot of people were entering the industry over the past couple months too, with the whole spike is they're getting in on the ground level, you know, so they're not looking at that Julio Rodriguez. Um, they might agree with you that it's, that it's the card to buy, but you know what I, I do you know how much, uh, 2011 Mike Trout rookie is okay yeah we all know that because we've been in here for a bit but you know it's a base card that is and hovered around a thousand dollars and it just is what it is right so um, there is that dream that these cards are going to end up being that and they won't mostly just due to overproduction but they're still going to have value uh, 
you know, that Acuna, like I said, in a PSA 10, it, it approached um, just short of $200. Wasn't it 200? No, oh, almost hit 300, I think. I think it was, I think it was the base was on the 300. I don't know. I can't remember now. Anyway. But, uh, I think it got up to like 270. Yeah, it was 270, 280. That's what it was. And it was, it was really, people were thinking it was going to get up to 300. It was trending towards that and then full stop on the sports, right? So, yep. but, uh, so I think it's just an easy entry point, uh, but they kept the numbers the same. But let's, but if we go back to Bowman, okay, so if, if you're sitting here with, uh, we know that when Bowman's released, that a, that a gold Jason Dominguez will be more than a gold wave Jason Dominguez. We know that to be fact right now. Now let's say Jason Dominguez turns into who he's supposed to be in at, you know, what is he, 17 now? So he plays for 25 years and he retires at 42. And then people are just before the Hall of Fame, they're looking to get in on his cards. Are they going to care if it's gold or gold wave? I don't think so. Not, not, not. So, so long term, like, so if, if for some of these people that are looking like super long term, are, are actually some of these cards on sale, right? Are, are they, are they at a diminished rate now so that you'll actually reap the same benefit, not have higher profit margins because there's this trend from the old school Bowman collectors to say, that's not a real out of 50. Now, actually the foil stamp on the back say it is, right? And it will always be an out of 50 for change. And I don't think that, you know, the guy 20 years from now is going to care that it's a gold or a gold shimmer when he's getting into industry for the first time. I don't think the people getting in the industry right now care. I think the old, I think the old people do because there was never a gold shimmer. You know, I, I do think that matters, but I don't think the, pe the new people getting in the industry care now because it's an out of 50. It's just on sale. I'll take it. And so I wonder if this, with the new people getting in the industry, if those numbers are going to become askew a little bit. Are we going to see greens start climbing because they're actually out of 99 and start yeah. getting up in their area blues, if not actually surpass them? I don't know. And the interesting thing is, you know, we could talk about it all day, but really the only answer anybody has is time. Yeah. Time will tell us what happens. Uh, but it will be interesting. I mean, it, there is there is definite possibility that the biggest market inefficiency right now, which is what you're always trying to capitalize on, right? Uh, 2012 Prism starts going up by 2014 Prism uh, soccer because that's the next big sport that had a first year Prism that wasn't 2012. Um, or football starts going up, so buy Mike Trout's even though they're not. Uh, so market inefficiencies, right? And so you're looking at. Uh, you're looking at gold shimmers and greens and stuff that's undervalued in the Bowman market. And maybe, you know, we can't tell. Yeah. We, don't, we don't have the information because we can't make a call for millions of people or hundreds of thousands of people or however many people are in this hobby um, and will be in the future. But there may be a market inefficiency there where a solid green out of 99 will actually end up being more than a blue, solid blue out of 150, even though right now it's not so you might be able to get a good deal yeah and, and it's that's somebody that's up for them to make their own decision like if you're getting into flipping you got to follow the trends like if, yep. if you're gonna buy this card you can't ignore the trends don't buy the green right buy the blue they're you know i mean in terms of if you want to gain more at the start of the season but if you're if you're a collector and you wanted to get why wouldn't you pay a hundred dollars less for that jason dominguez green if you want to hold on to it for 20 years, 
because yeah. I'm, I mean, my, I would say that by that time that you, you'd look at it possibly selling it, no one's going to care. They're only going to care it's out of 99. That's, you know, I mean, why do people pay more for an 01 out of 99? Why do people pay more for the player number, right? Yep. Your eBay one of ones. I've it's, never understood that. I've never liked it. But it's true, right? I mean, it's, yeah. But it's up, it's up here. It's, you know, I mean, like if my son's baseball number is, is 10, which it is, right? I mean, he goes and plays baseball, he likes to play as 10. All of a sudden, that 10 out of 99 Jason Dominguez is way more important to me than it is to you. And so I might actually pay a little bit more because it, we have our affinities, right? We have mm-hmm. our things that we like. And now this card not only reminds me of an up-and-coming potential superstar who's still a teenager, so, <laughs> you know, but uh, it also reminds me of my kid. So... Uh, which is all those, which is what gets us back to the old cards. Like I'm, I pulled out all my old basketball and started going through those cards. Do you know, like how cool it was to pull out that 90, 91 Sam Vincent error with Michael Jordan number 12 on it? Like that's a cool card. Mm-hmm. And I forgot that I had it and I, somebody mentioned it. Actually, my brother mentioned it. I pulled it out. I was like, Oh, I do have it. And I, I remember wanting that card so bad and paying extra for it because I had to get it because I wasn't pulling out of a pack. And now look at that card, right? I mean, it's $100 in a PSA 10 and it's going up. Yep. Because you wore that number one day, right? One day in his whole career. And yet it, I don't care about how much it was. I care how much I felt when I pulled it and I looked at it and I was like, oh yeah, right? So that that's what we're seeing with the David Robinsons and the Keel um, in the, you know, for why a three Gwyns are going back up. Um, it's, it's the people getting in and getting those cards that have the nostalgia to, cause there is, I think there'll always be part of that with this industry for a chunk of us, maybe those of us in the middle. And then there's going to be the people that don't care. It's a picture that has value and I want to sell it for value. Right? Yep. And then you got the old guys that say, well, this is history and that's to be respected too. Cause it is. So um, I, I guess I would just encourage people to identify who they are, right? If you're going to get into this industry, if you're going to get into the hobby, um, and even the words I'm using, right? As, if I say industry, I'm thinking like an investor. If I'm saying hobby, I'm thinking like a collector. The words you even use is kind of uh, shows where you're at. And so for anybody getting in, I would just encourage you to ask yourself, who are you going to be? Because none of them are wrong, right? I mean, none of them are wrong. It's, yeah, and- you can do, you can, you know, nobody's, nobody's a gatekeeper on this right. uh, community. Nobody can tell you what to do with your money or how to spend it or, hey, no, you're not allowed to, you know, you can't collect cards uh, and invest or you're not allowed to invest. You should only be collecting or you should only be collecting. Um, and, you know, nobody gets to tell you what you can do with your money or, how you can enjoy cards. You know, some people just enjoy chasing a dollar and sure they could do it with shoes or they could do it with coins or they could do it with uh, hot wheels or Legos. Um, And right now they're doing it with cards Uh, for the people that are vets in this industry and they have a bunch of cards, take your profits right now. You know, it's, it's only helping you with all the cards you already own. And, and, And be ready to buy from those investors that don't, I mean, you know how many people are breaking and opening up cases solely looking for the autos well they literally are selling for pennies on the dollar cash in in the chromes i mean you know take there is some value if you want to take the time and even the papers right but 
but they're getting they say here's all these chrome makeup like and you know and there's a box of julio rodriguez in there and look at how much those are now right yeah. but they only wanted their treasure hunting right and so be the guy that has the connection with them to pick up their their cast offs there's money to be made there too I, uh, what you're saying is true. I worked at a card shop for about three months. I worked at Brewtown Trading in Milwaukee. Um, three months, they needed some help and they knew I had some time. So I helped them out and they, uh, would have guys that come in. Dudes would buy, you know, box after box after box of Bowman draft and they'd open them up and they'd take their autos and they'd take their color cards. And one dude, I was like, do you look through these? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, I'll look through them quick just for you. He had an Adley Rushman refractor, a couple of Adley Rushman base cards. I'm just like, dude, you're throwing away, you know, like probably like 20 bucks right there that you just, uh, we're about to toss to the shop. I was like, take these, you know, and take this guy and take this guy and take this guy. And he, w- he was just looking at specifically color and autos and anything else, refractor and base cards, didn't even care. Right. And yet that's how, those are the cards that the, 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 the old guys in the hobby and I say old guys, but old people, but the people that have been in the hobby for a long time, that's how they made their money is, is helping people finish sets with that. That's never going to change. Right. I think there's always a market for that. I can't even tell you how money I spent on inserts to try to get all of them. Right. I'm trying to get out of that, but you know what, when you only have two, you're going to pay $4 for a Brian Dozier, you know, insert card and nothing against Brian Dozier. He's been a great player, but he's not, his card's not a $4 insert card. Nope. But the only one I can find, this guy has it. But if I needed to finish a set, four boxes out my pocket, right? So, because I want to have the completion. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's money there too, and you know that's where I think they, in some ways, that we if we know that opening product, and we know you guys have talked about this at length, if we know that opening product is a gamble, then the old guys, the old people in the in the hobby don't have to open anymore connect with the people opening it and get it for pennies on the dollar and make the same, now make better profits yeah. in some way. You know, maybe, I mean, maybe so, sit, in your, sit in your local card shop and be like, Oh, you're not going to buy that here. I'll buy the, your scraps for five bucks. And you know, if they're just going to give it to the card shop anyways, of course the card yeah. shop probably wouldn't like that. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's called soliciting. I think they probably would kick you out. <laughs> but, so, um, well, Trevor, uh, we're, we're coming up on our hour here. So, uh, we got through pretty much all the questions that I wanted to talk about. We, um, just, uh, quickly we'll cover lack of minor league season. So for those yeah. of you that haven't seen, um, there's likely going to be an LB season, but no minor league season. Obviously there are, uh, potential workarounds here, you know, extended spring training in Arizona and Florida and teams play, you know, minor leaguers play each other there, or maybe they just get a, a play inner squad games constantly there um or you use you know the brewers uh have a pitching lab so to speak in arizona and maybe they use that to really help all their minor league pitchers for a while you know there's various ways or expand rosters and maybe instead of a 26-man roster this year it's a 30-man roster for the entire season and you get a couple more minor leaguers um or the uh the rays bring up Wander Franco right away instead of leaving him down there because he's not going to be playing meaningful games and they want him playing meaningful games. And maybe uh, he's given a seventh year of 
eligibility, which I don't under, think that would work because then the players association would be like, well, you're taking money from them and blah, blah, blah. And it's a whole big thing, but there'll be workarounds, but for a lot of guys, there won't be. And so in the Bowman Chrome market, you know, we're looking at guys that, Hey, yeah, you can go invest in, uh, Jeter Downs, but he might not play the entire year, right? Or somebody even lower than Jeter Downs. Does um, Jeter play, right? And Jeter, with the Red Sox. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna put those those rosters up to thirty, I think Jeter Downs is is a possibility. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So, so yeah, I, go, that was why I was like, let me choose somebody yeah. that's uh, lower down the list here. Um, you know, what what does the effect have on like a JJ Blade, right? Just drafted yeah, college bat, yeah. advanced, but not advanced enough where he can just get called up to the majors. And if he's missing an entire season and he's already going to be 22, what is that going to affect? You know, that would well, be an interesting conversation. Yeah, here's a better one, right? I mean, Dominguez is going to be Jason Dominguez. I don't think that's going to change. Predictions of that $1,000 base auto probably are true just based upon height. I, I don't have any reason to agree with that. I disagree with that. But Bobby Witt Jr. If he doesn't get to play, yep. like he's a completely different kid. I mean, he's a high schooler who who they chose not to put in Bowman draft. And now is he is his card, his first Bowman cards hurt the fact that he can't even play more so than some others. Right? So um because you know he did play a little bit like you know at the end of last year, but uh does it change the market too, right? I mean, because we were talking a little bit before this. Um you know, last year we're surprised that, um, okay, you go back and you look at top series one, it really wasn't that great. You know, best best rookies in there, Michael Kopech, and um, oh, I can't believe somebody else. Yeah, if, you're, if a pitcher is your best rookie in a set, you're in trouble. Yeah, but, it, I mean, it's – it's it, oh, Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker and Michael yeah. Kopech, that's, that's it, right? So then series two comes out, and, and we're kind of surprised to find out, oh, they're putting in all these guys? Wow. And then there's this no number for Vlad. Well, that's really pretty cool. Can't wait till update because update, we're all waiting for update. And then update comes out and everybody buys it up and it's, it's crazy expensive. And you got Keston, right? You got, you got Senzel, you got Kibo. You do have your actual Vlad, which that card is so confusing on its values because it's getting trumped by the no number. And it, so that card is, I, I don't think the identity of that card has been figured out yet. Well, and then you it's got your the Brian same Reynolds. situation. If he hits really well, it'll be the same situation as Ronald Lacuna, except that his no number was produced more. It was like five a case instead of two a case for Ronald Lacuna, but otherwise it'll be the same situation. Yeah, yeah, I do, I do believe that everybody will still want that card, and you know. So, but now we look back, and for the first time in a long time, Series Two is the one to have, right? Mm-hmm. I mean. You know, and I don't know if you can see, but I, I picked up some. They're sitting there. They're just waiting, right? Not open. Got some non-open blasters, good, right? Good I, I opened up my fair share, but I got some, and um, you literally drove thirty miles to a Walmart out in the middle of the sticks to hopefully get them. You know, and they <laughs> did. So they're sitting there and they're waiting, hoping. You know, are they going to be twenty eleven tops update? I don't know. That that's for those players to determine. Yep. But now we come here, and. We have a pretty decent 2020 Series 1, but how is what's happening now going to impact Bowman? Is there going to be a Bowman Chrome? Is there going to be a Bowman Draft? 
what about what is Bowman draft going to be if it's only five rounds? Well, can they? That that's an interesting subject because you know a lot of times nobody's really going to care about an eighth round auto, right? True. And a lot of times it's the top four or five rounds, anyways. You know, usually it's the Brewers' first four four, four round picks. You know, random pitchers and stuff. True, very true. Rounds. But that being said, there's generally a lot of guys that are pop-up players, second overall pick, guys that don't sign, that get pushed into another, into Bowman baseball the next year. What happens when Bowman baseball doesn't have those guys? And if we don't have an international signing period, you know, what happens there? Do they just choose lesser prospects to put in and then Bowman baseball is terrible? Right. Because I mean, one of those internationals tend to go in Bowman Chrome. And then if we don't have an international signing period at all, what's Bowman Chrome then? Like, is that, does that even happen? And then we go into, you know, you, you know, you brought the question, you asked me, like, are we going to even have a series two? Like, yeah, I think we're going to have a series two, but are we going to have a, are we going to have an update? And then if we go to expand, if we go to expand those rosters to 30, as they're talking about, and we have Grayson Rodriguez and Wander Franco's and um, Mackenzie Gore's coming up a year earlier than we expected. Oh my goodness. Tops update could be the best thing ever with all of these base rookies. I mean, literally, if they don't have a could top outsell update, draft. Top Series it, 1 is the hottest thing in the entire world. 2021, Top Series 1, you, could, you, might, you might be arm wrestling people to get, yeah. right? Probably not because they'll overproduce it, right? But then you're going to be fighting. Yeah, but, the, but you're going to be fighting for that gold and for that Independence Day because they're going to be the cards to get because you know that those are predictable, right? That's where those numbers come in. So it is really, really interesting how this could impact the market because um, like I told you, this is my, my take. I think series two is already designed and printed, uh, not printed. I think it's already designed. So I think it comes out, but I don't know if update is, I think they have the plans for update. So if anything goes out, they don't do update. And then all of a sudden, like you said, 2021. Wow. Right. The same as Bowman baseball for that year too. So we could literally have at the beginning of 2021, as long as we're all good to go and, and out and playing sports and it's going to happen again, it could be the two biggest sets ever with who's in it, you know? Yeah, especially so because Bowman baseball does uh, rookie autos. So yeah. Yeah. That will be, that will so, be something. not that Bowman rookie autos are ever really a big thing, but it's still a, a little bit of an addition, I guess. And that, you know, occasionally you might get a good rookie auto. I don't know. I don't love it, but it is there. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think, I mean, there's so many, so much talk now going on that, that we're, that baseball is going to play. It'll be some, some, it'll be something, you know, now that I got the three, uh, the three division breakout, you know, uh, central East and West. And um, so you guys can beat up on the tigers, which will be probably good for you guys. Beautiful. Help take a couple. <laughs> if I can get away from having to play the reds and the, uh, Cardinals and the Cubs I'll be all for it no, well no they're in there but you just don't have to play them 19 times or whatever right ah. so so you won't have to play them as much but you get to beat up on the White Sox. well the White Sox will probably be pretty good but you'll get to beat up on the Tigers at least but I think um but they actually had the Braves in the central I believe too so now we got a whole another ball game going on yes. with the Braves that was but I think since we know that they have to at this point have a three to four week spring training the way that I, we saw what happened at the beginning of this year with the card market taking off as soon as spring training hit, and it wasn't slowing down. I mean, it was climbing yep. fast. And it wasn't going to slow down those last two weeks of spring training. 
if we have it again, I think it'll jump right into the same gear and do it again. Like those three weeks of build up, and then you're going to have people like, then all of a sudden you start hearing the rumors Bonder might play and some of these other, like, if we have a baseball season, it's going to take off again. Yeah. People will be that's, so excited. People will just be so excited. Yeah. They'll be so excited because that's human, human nature. Right. And have you ever been to a brewer's opening day? I have not. It's on the bucket list. So I've, I had back in college, I had the opportunity to go to an opening day in, you know, every, every, fan of every says oh my we have the best fans best fans you know so i'll say tigers have the best fans you say the brewers and we'll never agree right Mm -hmm. but when you are in opening day at your stadium the thing is so electric it is the only thing that compares is going to a playoff game or a world series game it's the only thing that compares i went to two i got to go to two playoff games uh 2018 and i had gone up to go to the bathroom and I was coming back and I just made it out into the entryway, mm-hmm. but I hadn't gone up any of the stairs. So there was nobody around me and Christian Yelich hit a home run. And that experience was like none yeah. other, because usually when you're in the stands and you're screaming for a home run, you can hear yourself, you can hear the people around you and you can't really hear anything else. You can't tell, tell how loud it was, but that where there was nobody. And all of a sudden I just heard the roar of the entire place. Oh, gives you just gives you chills. Yeah, shivers, right? Yeah, yeah, it gives you and and that that feeling for what baseball does to 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 those huge fans, and that what gives you that feeling on opening day is going to be the fuel for when we finally get another date for opening day to drive all of these cards for those of us that are baseball fans and collectors or and hobbyists and investors to drive that up again, and all of a sudden you're probably going to see Acuna go over 300. You're going to see Soto get into 200 in anticipation for the year that they can still have. It'll be abbreviated, but I don't think that matters based upon the delusion of we're having a baseball season. Yep. So I don't Uh, know. That's, that's just my, that's my thing. The problem is now I'm getting excited and there's not going to be a baseball (laughs) for a while. No, there isn't. There uh, isn't. We just got to watch the old games. You know, on there so yeah well Trevor, um lastly uh i know you said you well we you brought up your you said when we were going to talk about collections you brought up your ronald lacuna if there's anything else you'd like to throw in about your collection or um if there's anything you'd like to uh shout out you know just a last little moment to like shout out uh i don't know go take your vaccines or go eat at your local restaurants during this time or, you know, trust your psychologist, whatever, shout out your Instagram if you've got one or anything, you know, take this moment now and give you a little platform to stand on. Yeah. You know, I I was thinking earlier today, I was like, man, I have a great opportunity here to help some side hustle that I don't even have yet, you know, because I don't got any of the Instagram stuff and, um, you know, I'm still very much uh, a hobbyist in a way, you know, a minor investor hobbyist in this who has a passion for the industry and it grows every day. I got my brother into it in the past couple months and that's been great. We, he and I have talked more in the past months than we probably have in, you know, literally 20 years. And not because we're not close, it's just we never had a reason to. So 
I think, you know, I guess here and talk about the collection, you know, and I can say, you know, hey, I'm, I'm big on Jack Flaherty, you know, and you're already chewing about that because he's a Cardinal and that's fine, you know, and um, I'm super excited to get, um, here's something that's actually really interesting. I'm super excited to get a Tops tribute out of 50 purple A-line signature because he's Mr. Tiger, right? And mm -hmm. it's literally the last product he signed before yeah. he passed away. You that know, was as January? soon as that happened. I, I mean, no, that was that was like four weeks ago. Actually, oh, man, it seems so, like it, it was in March. Uh, yeah. It, huh. Well, huh. I saw I saw a thing today that said uh, a February twenty nine days, March three hundred days, and April five years you know so i mean because it's just seemed like it's been that long but mm -hmm. you know i when you're a fan you never realize these guys are actually going to pass away sometime and then they do i always told myself oh one of these days i'm going to get myself 40 bucks and i'll get myself an lk line ball and i never did and now they're 80 bucks and so i did get one i mean I, but i paid extra for it um but i got that card coming in and to me that's you know that that's kind of what this should be i don't think anybody should ever collect things that they like always get cards that you want to like find all of it uh, you know, baseball is a great sport um, all sports are great just because if you don't like baseball it's fine you might like basketball and um you know from a from a psychologist standpoint finding those connections i think are super important even to our childhood like we really do need to connect back to our childhood to remember what it was like to open up a pack of red donruss that are literally worth nothing now but to see griffey's face pop out of it and know i hit griffey you know and it was a dollar right yeah. <laughs> and it's still a dollar it's still <laughs> it's still a dollar you know but um but to not lose that feeling because there's i don't know it's it's just a really cool feeling um you know there have been times where i've encouraged people even in our sessions to go back to their childhood what did you feel like you missed out on and you know you got a guy sitting in front of you who's 45 and he's got money and he's like well i always wished i could do this well go do it well that's stupid i don't want to do that i'm a 45 year old man no maybe go do it just to say that you could and i think that's what's happening now that's what's happening in this industry is uh, you know, I would go drop my last $3 at the card store and buy, and you made fun of me, right? But made, buy those three packs of 90 score in a score baseball. And yet I was like, oh man, what if I had 20 bucks, right? What if I could buy all, oh, maybe a whole box and now I can, right? And now I can, and that's pretty, pretty cool. But I can also, I can also not buy it and spend the 20 bucks on the exact card that I want to, instead of looking mm -hmm. for it because somebody else already has it and has it out there. And so and that's where the investing thing comes in. So um, I don't know. I mean, I, I could probably talk at length about this, but, uh, and that's why I think we're going to see a lot of the old cards. I mean, you know, I, I brought up David Robinson, like he's starting to go up because I loved him and I was looking at his rookies and now they're going up again and people are getting into those guys they used to follow. Um, you can call, you can say it's Jordan to a degree, but I think Jordan started saying, hey, there's cards back here that are cool. I mean, oh yeah, I also like Carl Malone. So you're looking at your Malones and you're look, looking at maybe your Stocktons or something for people that, that love those guys. And I think it's all coming back and I think it's pretty cool. I, I do. Yeah. So all, all about nostalgia. Uh, I, I, for so many people that I would meet walking into the card shop, they'd be like, Hey, I haven't thought about cards in 20 years, but uh, you know, I'm seeing stuff and I'm just, it's bringing me back. Right. And 
you know, it's, it's very, it's a very cool thing to watch happen. And whether you are on the investing side or the collecting side or somewhere in the middle, um, I think you can enjoy, enjoy it no matter what. And shouldn't let anybody tell you not to. Uh, well, Trevor, thank you for joining us today. Um, really appreciate it. Hope everyone that listened in and is listening to this currently uh, got a little bit of a different perspective on the card market from a clinical psychologist, uh, which is not something we would normally have on here because uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know any. I, I now know Trevor, but I didn't know any before this. Um, and also, he's probably going to be like the smartest person that jumps on this podcast because uh, I'm an idiot and um, I don't know about anybody else that jumps on here, but they're probably not going to be doctors and not many people are smart enough to become doctors. So Trevor, thank you for giving us an hour and about 15 of your time. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you coming on and talking to us. Hey, thanks for having me, Nate. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. I love what you guys have been doing. Um, the information that you guys are putting out there, like for some of us stats nerds is just like, can't eat up enough of it. Right. So, I mean, you know, and, and especially for those of us that want to learn more, I mean, um, so I appreciate what you guys are doing and thanks for having me. It was fun. A lot of fun. All right. Thank you for the kind words, Trevor. All right. Talk to you again next time.